Well, today on the podcast, we have Nolan Walsh, co-founder of Thursday Boots. Nolan, how are you doing? Great. Thanks, sir. How about yourself? Excellent. I told, uh, I told the story in an email, but actually one of the speakers we had at one of our company meetings was Mark Cohen, who uh, was one of your business school professors, and he told the Thursday story, and I was like, I need to hear the rest of this because it, it sounded so cool, and so really excited to dive into Thursday today. Me too. Excited to be here. So what was your earliest point where you thought you might be in the fashion world, or you know, what, what, when did that start? So it came about in a, in a really roundabout way where we recognized that uh, there was this need for a clean, uh, versatile, uh, durable boot at a good price uh, when we were students at Columbia Business School. And we didn't really know what to do about it. We just felt there was a need. And both my co-founder, Connor Wilson, and I um, had the same experience where we just couldn't make a decision. Um, between some of the boots on the market and felt really like, you know, burly versions of Goldilocks where everything was a little too uh, work boot or a little too fashion boot and, and uh, we needed something for us. Um, and I, I was taking classes uh, like Mark Cohen's class on retail leadership and uh, thinking, you know, that I have a, a, a serious passion for the industry and, um, I ended up meeting a guy in Nicaragua who had boots similar to the style that I liked and uh, dove down the rabbit hole from there. I also want to ask, you had a very successful Kickstarter. What is the story behind your video? Because it's, it's a little crazy, but it looks like it really worked. So we, we had, I think our budget was like $2,500. So we knew, knew we had to go about it in a very thrifty way. Met a, met a great, uh, his name's Matthew Canada. I would recommend them if uh, you know, anyone's looking to film a Kickstarter video, um, friend of mine. And, you know, everyone in the videos, just our friends and our friends' places, our friends' studio. We wrote the script. We did. We were the producers for it. You know, we, I, I think it, uh, looking back on it, it's, uh, it's definitely a, a lo-fi production, uh, obviously. But, um, you know, communicate those core tenets of the brand well and, you know, we're serious about product, but we like to have fun, be ourselves. I'm proud of the video from that point of view. That's really cool. Now, and, and the other side of things, I know you've also, you talked about you have you know six manufacturers now that you work with, but you've also dabbled in some of the Made to the USA stuff. So did you try and you know start in the USA first and then look to other countries? Because that's a big differentiator now, but I'm just curious about that process too. Yeah, so I mean, at, at this point I've been to I think all the major factories, uh, footwear factories in the USA, a lot of them in a, quite a few other countries. And um, the people in Leon and particularly the partners we're working with there are really just top of the line, modern factories. People are happy, working hard. Um, so we are, I'd say, extremely proud to be working there. And Made in the USA was something that, A, there's a, a customer who really cares about that, and B, something that, that we wanted to do where thought it would be fun, have a really good manufacturing partner here. But um, it was the same process of just going through, uh, meeting all the factory owners, uh, seeing if uh, their philosophies uh, jive with ours, and you know, just uh, piece by piece. Uh, deciding who, who to work with and testing samples. So it was fun. I, I would say that like on the larger Made in USA topic for 
Voteware specifically, a lot of the, the manufacturers are uh, far away from cities, so their uh, the labor force isn't quite as uh, robust, and the factories can be uh, quite outdated. I, I think uh, what people should focus on more is the company who's producing, always producing with integrity no matter where they are, um, because for some things it's just harder to really get scale in the USA. Yeah, that's something that we've heard from from other people that we've interviewed, other you know, relatively new like apparel fashion brands, is that they had this desire to make things in the USA, but they couldn't find the right manufacturing partners, basically. And then they went overseas and you know had a lot of success. You know, even in places that are kind of traditionally seen as uh, maybe lower quality. You know, it's kind of an outdated um, uh, idea now, but you know, I think a lot of people had a lot of success in, in Asia or South America, um, Mexico, where they couldn't really find good partners in the U.S. Yeah, it's such a good point where, um, you know, there, there's people in the U.S. who don't operate with much integrity. There's people who do. And I think the same is true for probably every country. So it sounds like at the beginning, you guys were you know, pretty thrifty, pretty smart with how much, uh, how much money you had. You got a lot of organic success, uh, cause you had a good product, but you know, obviously you grew a lot. Now you have a lot, uh, a lot more SKUs. You do a lot of marketing. So what, what's working these days in terms of growing the brand and getting the boots on more people? Very similar stuff of, of like, you know, with the Kickstarter, we had no money and it was, um, kind of came at it with the philosophy of like, you're having a baby, you care about it. Don't be the guy who doesn't say anything. You know, tell your friends about it. Um, they want to be involved. You know, your friends care too. And um, it's a very similar strategy now, whether it be something like influencer marketing. A lot of times it's just, you know, connecting with people. And um, we're still uh, don't necessarily uh, believe in the VC model for our type of business. So we're still, uh, you know, we, we haven't raised that much money. Um, really focus on doing things in a, uh, you know, cost efficient way and, you know, really building connections with, uh, customers, influencers, stuff like that goes, goes a long way. I'd say like, that's part of our strategy for digital marketing generally. Um, similar thing to factories where tried a lot of agencies realize like, Hey, this is something we need to do for ourselves. So brought it in the house. Um, I still do a lot of probably too much of the ad creation and targeting and all of that. But um, again, it was just something I was really interested in learning. What's so nice about for new brands is that the, you know, landscape and marketing is um, changing so much. Um, even what's true last year isn't true this year. That creates an opportunity for the people who want to put in the work. And, you know, for people like us, it's, um, it's exciting. We love testing new things. If you've seen our ads, sometimes they can be a little, a little goofier, um, sometimes serious, and um, it's, it's just having fun with it. No, and at what point did you know you had to build a team around you and bring on others into the brand? Pretty early, and at first, it was. I think our first three hires were all friends, and uh, you know, we we come at hiring with the philosophy of, um, you know, I, I'd hate it if. I got rich and no one else on the team, you know, uh, had anything to show for it. So we do give all full-time employees equity. We really look for people who, um, 
want to work hard, who want to become experts in whatever they're doing. You know, pretty early on, like you, you recognize of, uh, you know, there, there's a time when I was taking the photos and, you know, and doing the product design and doing, uh, oh, it's, half the stuff and Connor was doing the other half and it, it's, it's not very sustainable. Um, so I'd say hiring building teams, uh, crucial, but it's something we're still learning where, um, we just hired two designers, uh, a month ago and up till then I was doing the product design and I'm still doing most of it, but, uh, you know, it's, it's piece by piece. Yeah. I can't imagine how multifaceted a, a given day or week is in a company like yours. Um, I, I wonder, you know, with product design, you guys are seem, seem to be pretty experimental and, um, willing to try out new things, whether it's like a different version of a bestseller, like the modern Duke, or if it's getting into even different types of products like accessories and bags. So what's your philosophy on that? Because um, I'm sure it's kind of a balancing act with you know spending money on uh, experimenting with new products versus kind of marketing the best sellers. Yep, and uh, very much coming at it with from the philosophy of um, nothing sacred. We want to constantly get better and you know give the community what they want. We do like to play around um, with different materials. We just launched some, uh, you know, like rugged wax twill boots today. What I'd say that the, the overarching philosophy is like, make sure it's something we can offer at a good value, clean style and durable, but that's it. So aside from that, it's, you know, constantly every month going through like customer feedback for, you know, hey, I think this style would go well. Um, talking to the rest of the team, uh, sampling my own ideas, and really focusing also on just like, you know, you have to be, especially in the, the modern world with like the internet, while you're always going to have some haters out there, like uh, your reputation is so important. And um, what I've seen a lot of people get tripped up is that you have to constantly be going through any quality control issues defects or just seeing why people are exchanging or turning your product and fight to make them better. Great examples of that from our side are things like, you know, even though we use the same eyelet supplier and, uh, uh, you know, eyelet, the exact eyelet as some other just top tier, you know, multi-hundred million dollar brands, um, we realized by being close to the data, hey, they're falling off more than they should. We work with the supplier to create what we call like double washer to eyelet. Um, and now they never fall off. I think that that's probably our biggest, or a great example of like what our philosophy is of um, uh, constantly trying to make everything better. And from an aesthetic point of view of um, constantly trying to test new things and put our own spin on um, a given product while staying true to our core philosophies. So what you're thinking about going direct to consumer through your website or uh, via Amazon or maybe even, you know, retail stores like Nordstrom? Yeah, so I, I think first that, that general direct consumer, uh, like first wholesale markup story is true. Of, uh, most wholesalers are get, going to want a 60% margin, at least 50. So um, it's pretty hard to do wholesale while staying true to our core tenant of you know, give people good value. So 
most of you know most of our business is online through our, our website um, thursdayboots.com you know I, I buy almost everything online so uh, you know figured other people would um, was the original thought we do have a pretty big business on Amazon um, we're consistently within the top five for any uh, category we compete on and uh, normally uh, closer to top one or two um, and for Amazon I think uh, for a new company is it's a good tool where you can be listed right next to a legacy bigger brand and if your product's good and you're giving it at a good price um it will show in the reviews us being listed next to those big you know bigger uh you know older companies and with you know hundreds of people saying hey this is legit um goes a long way um we don't put all our products on Amazon. We generally prefer people to buy through our website. We can offer a better customer experience. Um, so it, it's putting our core uh, boots uh, on there to, to kind of uh, give people who do love Amazon an opportunity to purchase there, as well as uh, you know give people that extra credential that hey, you know these are legit. Our website reviews are true too, but. You know, people do like to see on the Amazon. Our other big strategy has been um, so this year we launched a showroom concept in New York, where Brock's been up here. Uh, we uh, uh, it's on the sixth floor of a pretty random building, and um, when we were in uh, Spartan co-working uh, offices before this, we get almost every day someone coming in saying, "Hey, I'd want to try on boots or stuff like that," and we were rarely able to help them because we kept so little inventory there. So we opened up this uh, office slash showroom. It's been really cool. It's just not advertising it, but listing on Google. Um, Friday, Saturdays, we'll have like 80 people come in. Um, most of them purchase. It's, it's been really exciting just getting to meet customers, getting to show some like sneak peeks at stuff. And um, again, like building that community. So our, our next step in terms of distribution is um, you know, we want to make stuff cheaper for international customers um, because the shipping rates on that front are, are uh, you know, quite cumbersome. Going to be launching some more store showroom concepts, um, New York, probably California by fall. Awesome. Well, Nolan, we, uh, we're excited to track the progress Thursday boots. Definitely excited for whatever new products you have coming down the road. And uh, I want to talk about that, but I'll, I'll, I'll let that go for now. And uh, where can people find out more about you? Is thursdayboots.com or do you have like a personal Twitter or anything where people can follow you? Thursdayboots.com. Um, I, I answer uh, a lot of our, our own uh, social media from, uh, you know, the Thursday uh, Boots handles. Um, I'm not big on my own personal media, but um, if you hit us up there, there's a good chance I can see it or someone, uh, someone else on the team uh, is happy to help with anything. April 26th, uh, look out for our... Uh, dress shoe collection awesome yeah i wasn't sure if uh if we were allowed to say anything about that but that's very exciting cool well thanks for coming on the show and uh we will talk to you later thank you for listening to the buttoned up podcast a collaboration between john shanahan of the cavalier and brock mcgoff of modest man and we'll see you next week